Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. As you know, pride and ingratitude are ugly things. In His great love, God will get people to come to faith or come back to faith by dealing with those issues in our lives. This was the situation with a proud king in Daniel chapter 3. While it's not easy to watch or experience, this is one of the ways the Lord develops true faith in people. Pride collapses under the power of God and helps people get to know the Lord in a real and personal way. While it may seem painful at first, in the long run, it will help you and others you know. Here's Pastor Jim to conclude his message. From pride to humility to glory. So we come to Jesus, and then we do good works. Notice, notice how God rules Daniel's life with such incredible courage and love. He goes to the most violent man on the planet, And don't forget that term, because next week we're going to talk about that. He goes to the most violent man on the planet and tells him the truth about the Lord. That is true love, sharing the bad news with people, that they are not in a right relationship with God. I mean, my goodness, some of you, I know one of the businesses I own, we have errors and omission insurance. Why do we have that? In case we make a mistake in what we tell people. Doctors have malpractice insurance. Everybody has all kinds of things. And, and, and he, he's, he's going to tell this guy, you are not in a right relationship with God. And he's going to tell him, pride kills. Pride kills. It's important we all see that we all have the human tendency to push God to the side and to do what we think is best. To me, I just think that's the height of pride. And I'm not, I'm looking in the mirror on this one to think sometimes that I'm smarter than God. One thing of all the years of, of, being a Christian has taught me is that whenever I read the Bible, and I'm not so sure I agree with it, God's right and I'm wrong. I'm just going to have to figure out what's going on. Once again, that, that means we have to be honest. And sometimes we have to be honest with people, but we also have to be honest with ourselves that sometimes God works against us, so we come to Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you may be experiencing that right now. Everything, you're bumping up against a problem on everything. And God is like, I am not going to make your life easy until you hear me calling you. Other things, maybe you are a follower of Jesus, and you feel like you're just bumping up against everything is difficult in your life. Everything. And you know it's the Lord. You know it. And he's making your life difficult. He's making your life hard. Why? So you come clean with him. That's love. That is not because he hates you. It's because he loves you. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, sometimes God warns us 
that our prideful course of life is going to crash. There's a term we use for it. We used to use it for it years ago. Use a lot when we're teaching the Old Testament. It's called firing warning shots across the bow of the boat. Maybe you've seen it in a movie. There's a boat going down, the, going down and all of a sudden, there's another boat comes alongside of it and starts firing missiles over it. Some of you are like, didn't that happen in Pirates of the Caribbean? Maybe, right? Doing that. And then somebody yells out, the next one won't miss. And sometimes God does that. He's firing warning shots across the bow of our boat. And he's saying, the next one's not going to miss. Or how many of these shots do you think you can take until one of them doesn't miss? I would love to tell you, I would love to tell you that it's rare that people don't listen to those warning shots. But I would be totally lying to you. And by the way, you may not believe this, but I love all of you too much to lie to you. And if that means that the place is full all the time, praise the Lord. And if that means that the one person comes every week and happens to be my wife, and she's calling all the time, sorry, not feeling it today. That's okay. That's okay. Because at least I'll be able to face God. You see, the truth is that God warns because God loves. That's why he warns. The Lord calls all of us to repent of our pride, to humble ourselves, and to turn to the Lord Jesus because it's the only way to receive the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. There's a verse that we come to often, Acts 17, 30. And if you are a person who, um, you, you feel like, I didn't know all of this stuff. Acts 17, 30 says, Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. So if you say, I didn't know any of this stuff, it's okay. Or I forgot, it's okay. God wants us to come to him. Verse 28, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. So sadly, what Daniel said happened. Verse 29, at the end of 12 months, now we don't know exactly what's happening, perhaps Nebuchadnezzar got his act together, changed his ways for 12 months, or maybe God was merciful while Nebuchadnezzar procrastinated. Has God ever told you something and you procrastinated on it and kept delaying it and delaying it and delaying it? And then all of a sudden you think, okay, I'm going to do it now. And then you find that the door is closed. Then you find that the opportunity no longer exists. You can only put things off so long. At the end of 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. All right, so let's go for a walk with Nebuchadnezzar. Anybody want to go for a walk with him? Let's go for a walk with him and listen to him talking to himself. I call verse 30, pride speaks. The king spoke saying, is this not great Babylon? 
Now, it was great. We'll get to some of the reasons about that in a few, in a few minutes. Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty might and for the honor of my majesty? Hear that? I, my, my. I read that and I go, oh, my, my. And the truth is, is that Babylon was one of the greatest architectural wonders of the ancient world. There was three palaces there. Why only have one when you can have three? There was a 30-story tower there. The Hanging Gardens, considered to be one of the seven wonders of the world, was thought to be in Babylon. They say the city walls were so thick that they used for defense that you could, have it, you could ride a chariot with multiple horses across the chariot, actually on the wall, on the top of the wall, and then actually turn it around. And they say that Nebuchadnezzar built in the empire, 53 pagan temples. Babylon was the most beautiful city in the ancient world at the time. But Nebuchadnezzar was what we used to have a joke around here. Nebuchadnezzar is what we call a glory stealer. I'll tell you first what we meant by it and then what I really mean by it. Um, Sometimes in the church, somebody would ask somebody to do something and they would do it. And then they would go to another staff member. It was a joke between us because we all like doing it. And uh, somebody would say, oh, thank you for doing that. And you didn't do it. And you go, you're so welcome. It was a pleasure to do it. <laughs> what are you dealing? You're stealing the glory from another. And we'd all be like, glory stealer, glory stealer. It was a big joke. We don't care who gets the credit on it. It doesn't really matter, right? But that's not good to do with God. You know, I think a lot of us don't realize a lot of times how blessed that we are. You know, when people tell me how miserable this country is, I'm like, why is there such a long line to get in? And why are so few people leaving? Many of us have been born with just incredible gifts and privileges in this country. Absolutely incredible. And when you take God's glory away, you invite the judgment of God. Nebuchadnezzar forgot who the most high God was. He forgot who gave him his kingdom. He forgot all Daniel had told him. And when we forget God, we tend to replace him with a false God. You know what a common false God is? Ourselves. And can even happen in church. Now, some of you say, I don't believe that can happen in church. Okay, well, let's listen to the Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, what he had to say giving his congregation a great lesson for the church. He said this, Spurgeon says, do not desire to be the principal man in the church. Be lowly, be humble. The best man in the church is the man who is willing to be a doormat for all to wipe their boots on. Let me just pause right there. So you want to be a leader? So you want to be a pastor? Get ready to have your people wipe their boots on you. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. That's why I always say 16 years of being a dispatcher, 
I'm always like, thank you, Lord, because people rub their boots on my face 10, 15 times a day. That's why I look this way. (laughs) But I'm used to it. The best man in the church, he says, is the man who is willing to be a doormat for all to wipe their boots on. The brother who does not mind, and he's continuing with the best man in the church, is the brother who does not mind what happens to him at all, so long as God is glorified. See, if you often want to be the center of everything, God will often take it away. God often does not bless entitlement. God often does not bless us when we think that we deserve things. Humility, on the other hand, thinks it's owed nothing from God. And they're able to move through life much easier. You see, the proud are so easily insulted. And they can't let it go. They can't sleep. But the humble can let it go. The humble can sleep. You say, I'm not so sure I believe that, Pastor Jim. Well, let's go to verse 31. While the word, what I refer to as the word of pride, was still in the king's mouth. He's not even finished the sentence. I mean, was he going to keep going? Oh, my goodness. God was like, I can't hear anymore. While the word was still in his mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you. Then he says this for the third time. Until you know or until you have learned that the Most High rules or has sovereignty in the kingdom of men and gives it to him whoever he pleases. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet and the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagles, feathers, and his nails like birds' claws. So how many of you girls are looking for a guy who looks like that? (laughs) Some of you guys are like, I know I don't look so good all the time, honey, but I look better than him. Pride and ingratitude rear their ugly head in Nebuchadnezzar's life. So the Lord does what? He humbles him to get him to change and to get him to look up. This is the reality that every human needs to be aware of. Ultimately, pride collapses under the power of God. To other people, it seems mean, But God humbles us so we can know him personally. God humbles us because sometimes we need to be humbled in order to get to the next step. The journey from pride to humility is a painful one. As God has to get our eyes off ourselves. But pride works the opposite. Pride puts us first. Pride puts everyone else second. Pride puts us in the comparison trap. Do any of you live in the comparison trap? It is a prison. People, again, who are prideful are easily offended, constantly feeling threatened. They have have nothing they feel they can learn from people that are ahead of them in life. This may seem odd to you, but 
the older I get, the more I like being the dumbest person in the room. The more I like sitting around a group of people that really understand their craft or what they do or whatever, so I can learn from them. Pride is an expression of of hearts far from God. But humility looks at and to God, and that's what leads to glory. Verse 34, at the end of time, when this time period was up, seven months, probably seven years, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven. That's where God's taking him all this time. And my understanding and reason, or reason, some versions say, returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. Wow. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? This is the most powerful man in the world talking. At the same time, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and, my, and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles restor, restored me. I was restored to my kingdom and the excellent majesty was added to me. Maybe things even got greater. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice. And listen to this last line. And those who walk in pride... He is able to put down. God fulfills his promise to Nebuchadnezzar, and by the grace of God, he remembers what God had prophesied through Daniel. Yahweh has proven to Nebuchadnezzar that he is the sovereign Lord, and the Lord can very easily humble the most powerful man on earth. Again, look at the end of verse 37. He says, and, and those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. Some of your versions say he is able to humble. Let me tell you from past experience, if you have not experienced that, it is very painful. It is very, very painful. And let me tell you something else as a pastor. One of the hardest parts is to watch it happen in the lives of other people to watch God humbling other people because they won't acknowledge him. Yet God sees Nebuchadnezzar's simple humility and repentance, and in his grace and mercy, the Lord restores him. And that's how you get to heaven. You simply come to God and say, I've been full of pride. I've been doing things my own way. And I come to you in humility and I ask you to forgive me and I'm putting my trust in Jesus and God will lift you up. Remember we said how violent Nebuchadnezzar was. We've seen it throughout his life so far. We'll talk a little bit about that next week. But rather than being angry, the crushed king offers the everlasting king praise, honor, and glory. The Lord put him flat on his back And yet he's praising the Lord. And he also acknowledges, the most powerful man in the world acknowledges 
that God answers to no man. Nebuchadnezzar has been moved from self-trust to what Jesus referred to as childlike faith. He's been moved from pride to humility to glory. You might ask yourself this. Why does God exalt the humble? Why would he do that? He does it because it's a picture of another king who came from the heights of heaven to the depths of earth. Remember Nebuchadnezzar, I, my, my. But this king who came from heaven, he created the world, and yet he was prideless and full of humility. His name is Jesus. Nebuchadnezzar went from the most powerful man in the world to being a beast. And 600 years later, the king of the universe, the creator of the cosmos, added humanity to himself being God. And he left heaven to serve you and to serve me. Mark 10.45 says, So for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Sin really kidnaps our souls. Pride really kidnaps our souls. You know, when somebody's kidnapped, you wait for the, for the kidnappers to what? To call, and they want a ransom. And we're told here that we were kidnapped by sin in John 10, 45. But Jesus gave his life to pay the ransom on the cross. And I will say it over and over and over again. Until you see Jesus serving you on the cross, you will never, ever really be a servant because it will be all be about you. Until you come to the foot of the cross and you stand there feeling really, really small and realizing, looking up at that cross and saying to yourself, that should have been me, or saying to Jesus, that should have been me. That song we sang earlier, oh, how he loves us, will not have much meaning in your life. But when you know that Jesus is there dying for you, you will have trouble getting those words over your mouth because you will know because you've seen it, because you've experienced it, because it's real to you that he died for your pride and my pride, for your sin and my sin, though Jesus Christ was perfect, perfect, he humbled himself and he died on the cross in your place for your sins, in my place for my sins, including our pride, 
so that all who would turn to him and put their trust in him would be glorified with Jesus. Today, Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus, will restore you to God if you're willing to confess your unbelief and put your trust in him. Today, if you are far from God, maybe you say, there was a time when I walked with God. If you're willing to turn to God and say, I am far from you, I, I, I come to you, please, he will take you in closer. He is not far from you. Today, come to the cross, the place where the proud are humbled and the humbled are lifted up by the King of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will lift you all the way up to heaven. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.